0: hello and welcome to episode number 229 of the super horror bros podcast i'm your host matt and joining me as always is my brother mike
1: hello
0: how's it going
1: good man we're we're back for another year
0: yes does it feel any different
1: um slightly worse <laughs> yeah
0: <No>. <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say same shit different year but yeah let's go with worse <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, January last year was quite optimistic. Yes, 100%. <laughs> oh, man. Don't even, even think back to January last year. How naive nah. we all were. Nah. <laughs> yeah. We were all looking forward to all the movies that we weren't going to see. Um but, you, but, you know, yeah. we're
1: still seeing stuff. We're still getting We bait. are.
0: Yes, we are you indeed. Um, we are here to discuss a new movie this week, Possessor, um, which we will get to shortly. Um, and then also, at the end of the show, There won't be an upcoming horror movie list like there always is this time of year, and we will talk about that uh, at the end of the show, Uh, but you can probably guess why. (laughs) Um, But uh, first, um, as always, kicking things off with the news... not a huge amount here, kind of, especially over the holidays. I thought this would like accumulated, but there really hasn't been too much. Um, no. but kicking things off with a couple of It's almost of, like
1: Christmas um, isn't the time to release horror related news.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a couple of little tidbits here um, a couple of uh, Mike Flanagan related stuff, um, which is interesting. Um, and they're actually both to do with projects that he is, won't be doing, in fact. Um, <laughs> so the first one is interesting because Now it's less we've, excited. <laughs> well, we we've discussed this on, on the show a lot about um, the haunting on Netflix. Um mm. obviously Haunt of Hill House, Absolute God Tear TV um, was incredible. Um returned uh, last year for Bly Manor. Um meh, it was all right. <laughs> Um and then yeah we were kind of like okay what does this mean um i very much assumed that this would continue um even without Mike Flanagan's blessing and who knows what's going to happen in the future um but for now um a fan did ask Mike directly on Twitter um what is going on is there going to be more haunting um to which he quite simply said um, at the moment there are no plans for more chapters uh never say never of course but right now we are focused on a full slate of other intrepid projects for 2021 and beyond if things change we will absolutely let everyone know um
1: Uh, i love i love celebrities and twitter like (laughs) (laughs) it's just always like bruce campbell's the best where they're like (laughs) ask him about evil dead he's like well the door's not open but i'll never close it you know And then like, what are you saying, Bruce? He's like, well, you know, paycheck.
0: <laughs> yeah. At least I, I do like Mike on Twitter quite a bit, actually. He's one of the best yeah, of is, people in good. the horror community to follow because he is very transparent and, and does mm. give really good updates on his different projects. Um, but, yeah, like, he's obviously said the same thing.
1: Ever since he tried to tout himself out for Nightmare on Elm Street and we've not seen that go <laughs> to fruition, I'm just very salty and upset about it.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I want that almost more than anything.
0: Yeah, I just that's just a whole nightmare to get involved in. But yeah, like in in regards to this, what what do you think? Like, are are you happy with this news? Are you disappointed? Are you? What do you feel about it?
1: I have no real opinion of it, to be honest, Mm -mm. because I want to see. I want Flanagan to just keep doing stuff within the genre. The second he announces something, I'll be excited, whether that be new IP, whether it be a sequel to something, whether it be a film or a TV show. Like he isn't my time at this point and so I don't you know I'm just excited for a project of his to be announced um and then you know the haunting of as as a thing I really you know am not that fussed about I wasn't that fussed about season two in the promos I enjoyed season two quite a bit but yeah I I don't need more haunting stuff unless it's an extremely good tale to tell I think you know the the, obviously as, as you said you know season one was exquisite and the best like some of the best haunting you know this kind of overly done haunted house story it's probably you know one of the best versions of that in in all of you know media Mm -hmm. um and i think blind manor was a very fun story that was also was somewhat fresh in a very oversaturated genre and so if they can come back with season three with something that is still fresh and gets me interested, I, you know, I will watch it, but, but yeah, I I just want Flanagan to to be doing anything and getting out there.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Like we obviously know what Mike Flanagan's next project is, um, which is Midnight Mass. Um, and of hmm. course he's just finished filming that and it's you know, we I think we discussed it in the news before how he basically said he never saw himself um directing a whole season of television again after Hill House. And, you know, this project that he created he kind of fell in love with as he was writing it and he just couldn't help himself. Um and so that is what we are getting next from him, hopefully in twenty twenty one as well, because it has finished filming. Um and I can't see why it wouldn't come out this year. Yeah, so I, doesn't, doesn't i yeah ever. that is one of my most anticipated things like a new mike flanagan season of tv cannot wait for that um and as far as haunting goes yeah like i don't want to see mike involved in it anymore definitely not um because obviously it was his baby with hill house and then it was very much like mm. he was kind of linked to blind manor but not really he directed he directed like did he even direct one episode i think yeah he he, he
1: directed like one of the yeah like the second episode or something quite
0: yeah and it was just it was just like uh, it it was we talked about at the time it was very blurry how like involved he was and i didn't like that at the time so i definitely think there's something you could do with it like yeah i'm not clamoring for more haunting absolutely not Mm. but if it was their vehicle on on netflix to be like we're gonna invite in another horror creator and you know get ideas and see what comes up with it like there's definitely potential there to open up because the the one thing i did like about blind manor was that they at least opened it up to different people to direct and i think that was a cool step forward in terms of the, for this anthology show um but i definitely want to see like another horror writer come in and kind of make it their own just like he did in season one um if they were to continue it because i have to think like I'd be very much surprised if Netflix didn't want to um, return with another season because it very much feels like their big horror thing
1: right now. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it does, but I, I still don't think there's a brand recognition there. Mm. You know, there there aren't people that, that are, you know, in the, in the normal Netflix subscriber viewer world that are like, oh, the haunting of TV series is something I'm really waiting for. Like, it's just... I think you'd be yeah, surprised because I think they I did a good know, job like of a,
0: marketing that around Blind Manor where it was like... I'm just they thinking,
1: were... I'm thinking of like the normal people that I spoke to and that I knew had watched um, Hill House and enjoyed Hill House quite a bit. Bly Manor had been and gone for me. And I was like, you know, months after the fact, oh, did you check out that Blind Manor? And and they hadn't and they had no idea that it was a sequel, well, not a sequel, but a you know, spiritual successor of. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't think it's necessarily this ip that that's that's you know worthwhile this haunting of label
0: see i do disagree i, I saw loads of normies talking about blind manor i saw loads of people talking about rahul in the show and i think it like the different casting definitely brought in different yeah, people they, they,
1: yeah they were talking about him they weren't talking about the fact yeah, they were that talking that about blind like, same and yeah i don't think they were talking about the two together and associating the two at all
0: well, that's fine we can disagree on that but yeah. I, I do definitely think people like there is cachet in this and i don't think netflix will want to let it go for sure oh netflix won't want um, to let it
1: go because they they bleed everything dry
0: yeah that's definitely <laughs> um but yeah next up this is just another smaller one that came from mike's twitter really that um i I don't know if we discussed this in news i'm sure we did because we talk about everything that's mike related news um but he was basically attached uh, as one of his upcoming projects to um write produce and potentially direct um a movie for warner bros which is based upon the uh, stephen king 2014 novel revival um so this was kind of like floated around last year um that he was kind of attached to that as one of his upcoming projects And that seems to no longer be the case. Um, Again, someone asked him on Twitter, kind of asking about it. And he just said, um, sadly, it's not happening. Uh, That project won't be moving forward anymore. Um, So I thought that was an interesting one because, yeah, he was also speaking on a podcast last year, talking about it a lot, being really excited to kind of do that as his next project. Um, And, yeah, obviously it's you know for warner bros where they did the whole dr sleep thing and i wonder if it was to do with like okay maybe this was like the tentative plan going forward of like oh yeah we're just gonna have mike kind of direct all of our stephen king stuff and then maybe after the you know the the not crazy box office success of dr sleep they kind of maybe put the kibosh on that
1: um so yeah, maybe it's so it's y- difficult again like mike is so transparent yeah that, you know this is the film world that you have mm-hmm six projects and if you're a passionate guy which he clearly is you are passionate about them all yeah and not all six will get made but in a in a historical kind of you know in a world gone by you wouldn't have known this but but with someone that's so transparent on twitter when there is this you know like i said he is literally putting tweets out there to try and tout the nightmare elm street gig yeah (laughs) putting little feelers out there and it's like he really is using twitter as as an avenue for his you know, for his success as well. And I think kind of, you know, it's clear that not all of these projects are going to happen.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. So yeah, it's it's not happening. Um, I don't know too much about this, but I was reading a synopsis of it. It does sound really cool. So like, and I'm always down for these kind of like new adaptations of these different Stephen King stories. I think we always see like the same sort of, I guess, dozen, you know, Stephen King famous mm-hmm. iconic r- novels being thrown around constantly for different tv shows and film adaptations but he's got such a v- like a vast range of stuff that you can kind of adapt um so i think it's cool that they're going into different exception especially, especially more modern stuff as well um but yeah, yeah we've not
1: fun. we've not had a lot of modern king really i mean some of the no. stuff we have had hasn't hit that well has it there was kind of the the um <clears throat> uh what was it the tall grass that was him yeah. yeah yeah that, it was fine yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously Doctor Sleep being like the big one, which was obviously the Yeah, true. I guess stuff. I guess that's
1: kind of what, five or six years old, the book. I can't remember yeah. now at this
0: point. Yeah, not too old. Um mm. but yeah, moving on. This next one again, this seems to be some of the only sort of good news we get lately is um films being completed, production being wrapped, <laughs> and uh one of the movies that is increasingly becoming extremely exciting for me um is the new resident evil movie um which yeah we've talked about in the news that was filming kind of seeing some of the set stuff got me really excited and i cannot wait to see like some official kind of imagery and potentially footage from this film Um, but yeah they have now wrapped filming over the kind of the christmas holidays Um, Do we know what sort of
1: distribution they're hoping for? Does it seem like they're going theatrical?
0: Yeah, they've they have said um, that it will. Yeah, that is that was what the plan was. Obviously, again, ignoring the COVID stuff for a second. Yeah, they said releasing theatrically in 2021. That's kind of what they've said officially. Um, Mm. And then we discussed in the news, didn't we, a few weeks ago, how someone had found a September release date on a website. Um, so maybe that's just, you know, obviously just very tentative at this point until it's official. Um, but yeah, like this is supposed to be this big kind of reboot with Sony behind it and kind of, you know, mm. them way more video game related. Um, there's a quote here as well from the director. Um, to Deadline, where he said, "With this movie, I really want to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying, visceral experience I had when I first played them. Whilst at the same time, telling a grounded human story about a small die in American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences." Um, so, yeah, they're they're saying all the right things for me, and like oh, I said before, yeah. like the stuff I've seen gets me insanely excited, and I just want to see more. So, I cannot wait to see more of this one. Um, and yeah, kind of, the, there's a lot, a couple of little quick hits here on the news. Um, the Evil Dead video game that we discussed a couple yes. of months back. Um, we, we did get a nice little announcement today. Um, this was one that I was, it's always one of those ones you just hope was going to happen, but it's always nice to see it kind of officially announced. Um, we saw Kelly um, in the trailer. The announcement trailer yep um and we obviously knew that kind of bruce campbell was attached um but we didn't know in what capacity other characters from the evil dead especially ash versus evil dead universe were um <laughs> but we now have confirmation um that dana de lorenzo will be voicing kelly in the video game um which is awesome awesome news and definitely I just hope that we see Pablo um, pop yeah. up soon.
1: <laughs> and, we need yeah. our Pablito.
0: Yes, and we've got to get our boy Ray in there to, of course, do the voice. So that is kind of the only thing there because, yeah, he's not been in any of the promotional material or discussing it. And it's like it's awesome to get Kelly in there, but I obviously we need Pablo. I'd love Ruby in there as well. Like I just want everyone in from Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah,
1: well, I just think it's it, you know it's so nice that that the TV show is getting this level of nod already mm-hmm. for the game that that makes me happy and it makes me confident in the game as yeah, well which 100%. is the other thing like we've talked about the excitement for it but i don't like i, I don't really care to play as anyone other than ash because mm-hmm. you know it's it's ash <laughs> yeah but but you know it, it would be awesome to play as Ke- kelly and, and pablo but but the main thing is that they are they get an evil dead and they get that ash versus evil dead is important to the evil dead franchise yeah um they're not just like oh hell <laughs> to the king baby it's like mm-hmm. no they realize that, that, that this other thing does exist and it's amazing
0: yeah that's a good point to make because i think there is a lot of kind of evil Dead has been around for so long that it has so many different fan bases at this point and there definitely is a subset that's just like yeah evil dead 2 that's fucking great and then doesn't really care about anything else so i think it's more
1: of a risk for them to actually focus on ash versus evil dead because Mm. the nostalgia and and the thing that like casuals and and especially like a casual video game player will know is the is the older stuff so kind of the Mm. fact that they're the news stories are being like kelly from the tv show is in it they're like what you know the, the casuals and i think yeah, i think it's great that they leaned into it and it just shows that they have a passion for the for the ip
0: absolutely yeah if, if they made like a new evil dead project in 2021 that doesn't reference the tv show like mm. i would be fucking livid it wouldn't <laughs> because, yeah, surprise me either no it absolutely wouldn't because yeah it would just be like oh it's the classic sam Raimi 80s horror film you know but yeah it's it, Evil Dead is this thing now that exists across multi multiple media and it's awesome for that. So yeah, I'm glad that they're including it as well. Um, and then yeah, very lastly, this is just a very small update, but it was very cool to see that kind of one of our favorite movies from last year um, just got added to Netflix uh, UK. Um, which is Spree, um, Mm. which is great to see. kind of saw it on the homepage the other day, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. I think it got added on the 1st of Jan. And um, it's already getting promoted quite a bit sort of around Netflix, which is obviously unsurprising. I I really want to watch it yeah um given uh, obviously joe carey um as the lead but yeah i think we discussed it when we saw it. it was like this is an awesome movie that no one's seen and netflix is the perfect place for this film because of obviously the stranger Things audiences i like, already baked into that platform um so i really hope people check it out if they just see like say that thumbnail and be like what the hell is that steve with blood on his face and then just I check know. it out based upon that alone would Hilarious. be awesome <laughs> um but yeah I, i'm definitely gonna be re-watching it on netflix soon sure. um but uh, yeah, that is pretty much it for the news this week. Shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Possessor. So yeah, this is a really kind of interesting one with a with a background for it for the show um, because I don't think we've massively even discussed it on the, on air. Um, no. But it was one that um, I knew was floating around last year and kind of so when we were looking forward to freaky which was coming out on friday the 13th of november um obviously as a movie that we were very much looking forward to we then had our sort of at the time was that lockdown too i don't even remember but yeah Yeah. (laughs) cinema's closed in our area and so the freaky was off the table and then we kind of heard the news of like oh okay in like three or four weeks it's coming to on demand and that was pretty much at the start of december when our cinemas were reopening for a short period of time and so we were like oh I wonder if we'll get to see Freaky at the cinema so we were kind of waiting it wasn't at our local cinema but it was out on demand so that weekend we then watched it um and then it was the last film we covered for the show because obviously then we did creep show and then we ended um but around this exact time when I was checking the listings for Freaky this movie possessor was showing for a brief window mm. um it was at our cinema i think it was literally that weekend when the cinemas reopened and we wanted to see freaky um and obviously freaky was one we're very much looking forward to we checked out really enjoyed it as well and i'm really glad we did but this was one that i was like man i was kind of disappointed we didn't get to check this one yeah there was Um, a
1: chance to actually see a film at the cinema which is a treat in, in yeah current times
0: hundred percent and it was kind of like i didn't know too much about it it's got this really weird striking poster that kind of draws you in um Mm. and and it's called possessor uncut which it was at the cinema as well um and i was kind of like oh okay and it's got obviously a a cronenberg name attached to it um so this Uh, is written and directed by brandon cronenberg who is the son of director david cronenberg and he's only done one movie before this um mm. movie called antiviral which it came out in 2012 and this we didn't cover this for the show but we did cover a movie called antiviral didn't we like early on (laughs) but i don't think it's this (laughs) no it's not this um no but so so yeah yeah, he only made one movie a while ago
1: (laughs) i remember i tried to watch antiviral uh, okay what version right yeah but i just what at the time i can't even remember like i just wasn't in the mood for it i never got back to it yeah um but Cause I mean, I guess, I guess it's worth like, you know, when you throw the, the name Cronenberg out there, that is mm. obviously kind of David Cronenberg is one of the big horror names. Um, I think for me personally, and, and I, and I, and I think you're probably similar, like it's not a name that, that really excites me. Mm. Um, I've, you know, I've watched, um, you know, I, I like rabid quite a bit, the original and, and, um, obviously the fly, um, is is amazing but i think like beyond that i i don't really have affinity for a lot more you know i've seen scanners and stuff like that but i haven't kind of you know i don't clamor for a cronenberg film like some people do and i think kind of you know so i don't necessarily it's you know when i see his son's doing something it's not you know it's cool but i'm not you know super hyped like some people potentially are
0: yeah, I completely agree. He he is probably the biggest name within this genre who's who's not like again. Don't dislike him, but he's just not mm. someone who's made a bunch of movies that I like. And and I think partly is because I haven't really seen too many. Like I absolutely love The Fly, a hundred percent, and I've seen Crash, which I fucking hated, and I think that put me off him for quite a while because that was one of. I think I did kind of watch him in that order. It was like saw The Fly, loved it. Saw Crash, hated it, and then that kind of I just kind of switched off from there. Um, <laughs> but like yeah, he's he's kind of early seventies. 80s stuff definitely intrigues me like i think i've seen videodrome years ago but i can't really remember it did you
1: not oh i thought you borrowed rabbit off me did you not watch it in the end
0: no the original one No, yeah. i didn't watch the original Never. rabbit no yeah um, it's good it's yeah good.
1: obviously because we covered rabbit was it the remake you, yeah yeah was it 2019 we covered that something like that yeah yeah and um you know the soft and kind of you know we, we i enjoyed it somewhat but i, mm. I definitely preferred the original
0: yeah, the thing the thing that I actually do kind of like about David, even though it's not someone who I'm a big fan of, is that he very much had a specific style where it was like yeah. you knew going in what a Cronenberg film was. Um, and I think that's kind of very unique within the horror genre because there's so many different types of movies. And even though they're all very different and kind of have different plots and all that, it was always like weird visceral violence is kind of what i associated with cronenberg
1: yeah um, well it's kind of it's kind of what kind of eggers has got going on now and mm. and and you know um you know when when you you know what you're going to get with these people and and like that that is something that's quite rare yeah um, Ariaster's the same you know at this point and obviously they haven't got as much behind them but like these these new people that we're getting super hyped for are kind of the modern day kind of you know versions of that i think you know obviously not the same style but that that kind of you know know what what you're you're going into when you see one of their movies Mm. Um, for sure yeah
0: but yeah, um, obviously there's, there's yeah. So there was kind of, uh, I guess what what was your? Did you know too much about the actual film then going in about this? Not one? really, not really. No. no,
1: um, you know, it was pretty much that. That I I remembered that it was the the Brandon Cronenberg movie, and 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 that was it. And it had a really weird title, and I knew that there was buzz about it. But like I said, I I, I didn't get excited by the buzz because I kind of you know I I knew that some of that would be just pure Cronenberg buzz. Mm. Um because I remember there was a lot of buzz about antiviral when that first came out.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Um But yeah, um so yeah, going into this one, um it's always, it's always weird when, when I've kind of known nothing about a movie, I feel like very nervous of spoilers because like, yeah. you know, but, but at the end of the day, this is literally the, the synopsis and IMDb pretty much. And, and what this movie <laughs> is about, but um, I, I
0: can't really help you with this one either, because this was one that I really didn't know too much about. Like I say, I'd seen it pop up on a cinema listing, saw the Cronenberg and saw the poster, but outside of that, yeah, I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen a trailer or but, any footage from this movie prior to seeing it.
1: Yeah. We, we join and our lead character. Is she, is she called Voss?
0: yeah that's her surname called, yeah, she yeah goes Vos, by but, that. but
1: she's yeah she's known as Voss, uh played by a kind of andrea riseborough who we've we've seen in um mm-hmm.
0: well, a few things
1: <laughs> yeah recently what was it the grudge she was yep. in and and mandy uh-huh. um and I, I could have sworn there was something else that i've there seen was a tv in. show it was... that she was in as well oh okay what was she in
0: black mirror she was uh-huh. in uh the crocodile episode
1: uh, okay yeah i knew i saw her from something else yeah um and And, yeah, kind of, um so yeah, seen her in a few things. and yeah, she she plays Voss, who is um kind of an an agent of this underground kind of secretive organization that are, that are kind of hitman, you know mm-hmm. they they do assassinations, but the way they do it is that they have this um, uh, brain implant technology where they can inhabit other people's bodies. So her subconscious goes into someone's body and and she can pilot them, you know, a, a bit like kind of get out really.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: and she can then she's ultimately then can dr- drive that person and make them commit the uh, murder or or whatever plot they're trying to achieve. Obviously, they could do a ton with this, yeah. different sorts of espionage and that sort of thing. But the movie is it does kind of focus on you know the kind of video gamey hitman style really where it's like you need to kill this person if you inhabit the body of a close personal friend of theirs you'll be able to get close to them to to do it or you know they're going to be at this dinner party so if you take over the the body of a, a waitress then you will be at that dinner party no questions asked and so it's kind of done in the disguise but in a much more literal sense than just putting on an outfit you you take over the mind of that person
0: yes a really Um, cool concept
1: (laughs) it really is and and the movie um doesn't mess around no you 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 join the movie uh post you you join the movie as a character that has been possessed and is is that Voss is in control of and you are piecing together what I've just explained to you in the opening scenes of the movie as Voss carries out an assassination um and you know that is that is the opening of the movie and then we kind of um we then kind of get to see uh I guess real life Voss come out of this um controlling a host and and kind of her in the organization and and kind of that side of things we get to see her life and then, and then kind of ultimately the, the main crux of this movie is, um, her on her next assignment controlling someone else. And, um, uh, is his name Colin, the guy that she takes over? I think. Uh, And, um, Basically, yeah, a lot of the movie is then through his eyes, and and as 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 him as, as an actor, Christopher Abbott, and who what we he's been in stuff as well. I'm sure I've recognised him, but I couldn't mm. I couldn't pick any out that he was in. But he he seemed very familiar to me.
0: Right, yeah, um, he wasn't massively familiar to me, but he might have been in some. Yeah,
1: stuff. yeah, it might have just been in some random TV show. But um, yeah, and and he um has yeah he um is possessed and um we we kind of get get familiar with his life and kind of Voss infiltrating, getting ready to carry out an assassination and um that is the main kind of storyline of the movie kind of her life bleeding into that and also kind of her, her journey um as colin for those kind of 48 hours that she's in control of his body mm. um yeah I mean I mean if that's not crazy enough synopsis (laughs) for you then you know we're definitely talking about a Cronenberg movie yeah this
0: is definitely one of the most insane kind of setups to describe to for a film I think for the show for a very long time (laughs) because it's there's world building there's characters there's weird concepts there's I'm not gonna lie I'm I'm reasonably
1: proud of myself (laughs) I I think I think I got there like I think I got most bases covered there
0: (laughs) yeah there's a lot going on like with the whole you know like you say it's it's not shapeshifting in that not traditional sense, but it is very much like you're seeing a character control like another human. Yeah, it's, body. A, it's a
1: wolf in in sheepskin. or yeah. wolf, however the phrase goes. Um, yeah, yeah, and and you know it, it it's interesting. You know, we see Voss um kind of studying Colin for a little bit beforehand and trying to capture some of his phrases, you know, and and mannerisms and that sort of thing, and then um. You know, it, it is interesting when she first kind of takes control and she has interaction as Colin to Colin's girlfriend and how his girlfriend instantly kind of knows something's off but doesn't, you know, it, it's it's clearly him in front mm-hmm. of her. And she's just like, what is wrong with you? You're being such a weirdo. And, like, I found, found that really fascinating because, like, if the, you know, it's almost, um <clears throat> you know, if the one you loved you know changed overnight and and you know was taken over by someone it would it 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 was quite a sinister situation i felt myself really uncomfortable by that Mm. because she was just so comfortable around colin and kind of you know just just perfectly relaxed and and you know we know that he is not that guy anymore and it it was you know it's a a really it's a cool concept and and something that that, yeah it, it made me feel instantly uncomfortable
0: what i really liked was that there was a a massive kind of juxtaposition between the hit that we see at the start of the movie and then Mm. the actual kind of main job of the film because the start of the movie is very much just like explaining to you what the concept is um and it's pretty straightforward it's just kill this person and then get out um in their own way and so that's kind of very much easy for you to understand but then later on what what her job is is to not just kill people but it's kind of to infiltrate like you say the life of this person because they want him to like set up different motives surrounding why he would do the things that they're going to make yeah. him do, and I found that to be really fascinating. Of like, man, this is you know, this isn't just like an assassin. Like you say, it's not just uh, you're just going to don this disguise to get close to someone to murder them, which is what yeah. our character does in the opening scene. But it's like, no, there's like a psychological level here of like he is going to have to fundamentally destroy all of these relationships around him. Um, I think it's like his fiance is is like the mm. or yeah or, or girlfriend. girlfriend at least yeah, um, but like yeah, to destroy that relationship and then kind of like the relationship with the father-in-law um, is kind of like the main reason to, to for being undercover and like the way that whole scene played out at the party i thought was just fantastic and i was with you like it, yeah. there's just like a weird level of unease about it because so much of what we're seeing is our main character, Voss, but we're not seeing her in her physical form anymore. We really don't spend too much time with her physical form. No, not Um, a lot. Especially because once we get to the whole, you know, you are now overtaking Colin's body, it's like that's now the movie and he just becomes like the main protagonist even though he's not there he 's there yeah. in physical form, but he 's not there in mental state and so I found that to be kind of challenging as a viewer to be like oh, okay i 've got to get used to now that that has this character um that isn 't the same physical form, but yeah, like they do so many cool things with that, I thought. Um, and yeah it was just it was such a weird movie i think overall my thoughts of it like i i really enjoyed the film i think what my my kind of favorite thing about it overall was that it was a really good hybrid of science fiction and horror um and i think that's very hard to do and i think that it's it to me this was like equal parts both i think the concept and the entire kind of story and world building is obviously extremely science fiction um and it's just so absolutely batshit that i I love it. You know, it's very kind of like get out and just loads of these different cool films yeah. that just have such a, an insane concept of like these machines. And then like you say, this whole agency
1: and, and they do cool. Well, they, and they like don't, they they going don't on to explain it either. Mm, They're just like, yeah. no, this, this implant exists. You know, this is a yes. thing. Go. Yeah, that was hundred percent
0: again one thing I really liked early on was that I'm so happy we've got to that point now in films where and it's similar with Get Out where it was like you just have this cool concept and you just do it. You know, they don't feel the need to be like, okay, now we have to bend over backwards and somehow explain how this could remotely be a reality. Because mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about that. Like that's not entertaining to me, but it's entertaining to see this cool concept. Um, so yeah, like I loved the kind of science fiction of it. And then when you get into the actual horror of it, I mean, my God, I, th- right. I thought it was really impactful. Um, you know, the vi- this movie is extremely violent and pretty much all of it really affected me um really really did like some of it just really made me sick to my stomach and Mm -hmm. it's hard to kind of get that reaction from me with violence in these films um because obviously we watch new horror movies every single week but uh, i don't know whether it's like taking off the christmas break and like watching some more chilled out stuff but kind of like coming back and sitting down and watching this movie it kind of like knocked me down when i was watching it i was just like fuck man this is brutal and it, you know the scenes don't shy away from the violence um it said like that this the, the version that we watched the sort of kind of on digital now says possessor uncut mm-hmm. and um and i'm pretty sure like i said that was the version that was in our cinema whatever that means but i'm curious kind of like was there different cuts of this were floating around potentially in the states i'm curious how softer that version was I feel like um, there has
1: to be a softer version out there theatrically <laughs> yeah
0: because like man this yeah i like this is one of those movies that reminds me of like lords of chaos when we saw it and then we had the chance to see it on the big screen and we did and we were like man what an insane movie to see on the big screen because of the violence in it and Mm. this reminds me of that i like i can i would struggle to watch this on a big screen and i like i can't imagine this getting a widespread release because of how visceral and real looking the violence is like it's it's so drawn out the scenes and like the movie is very much like that. I think that is the style of this film, um, which we can get into whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like it's a, it's a purposefully slow movie and not in the sense that there's not a lot going on because there is, like you say, the movie just starts and goes, but the scenes kind of drag on and conversations drag on and everyone kind of talks at like less than normal speed. You know what I mean? And so I think when the, everything is is
1: deliberate. deliberate,
0: yeah so when when the camera lingers on that violence for so long you're just kind of like why are you showing it this much and to me it worked i thought that's what they were going for they were trying to be really effective they were trying to be shocking and it worked um so yeah i kind of like say i love that mix of science fiction and horror um i definitely think it it goes a little bit long in the tooth um and kind of like towards the end i was like okay, I expected us to kind of get past the point we're at and we're still at this point. Um, but overall, I still thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Like I think the last few days when I've been thinking about it, kind of like how I feel about it. Um, I don't think I love it because of a few small things, which we'll get to, but I still end up thoroughly enjoying this. I can totally see why this kind of, you know, is being championed by people. And it is mm. also a very much a Marmite film. Like, this is a hundred percent going to be people, people would watch this and within 20 minutes, they'd want to turn it off. Um, and I totally get that. Um, similar with something like Midsummer, I'd say is the same sort of thing, really, where like I adore Midsummer, and I don't love this on the same level, of course, but like I could totally get, it's not a movie for everyone, you know? Um, So yeah, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. What, what did you make of it overall? Yeah, I think
1: th- this one for me is one that, um, yeah, watching it, I was, thoroughly engaged um i was into the science fiction setup and um as you touched upon the, the violence is something that is just I, I, like i i find myself sometimes kind of listening to myself talking about movies saying that there weren't enough kills and there weren't <laughs> enough uh this that and the other and i kind of think to myself man i have like a I have a bit of a like problem where i really want like the violence knocked up to 10 but I was watching this movie and I was like, this is too much. I, 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 can't, I can't take this. Like it made me feel sick. And, um, this movie found
0: the line and it crossed it within the first five minutes.
1: It, <laughs> yeah. It 100% did, you know, and, um, you know, just, just so violent and, and, and done in a way that you just kind of, you don't really know how they've done it other than just kill someone. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like what we said about Lords of chaos. Yeah. I mean, there, there are very few You're movies yeah that that do violence in a way that just because it, it's the aftermath, yeah I think that's the thing that like um you know that you touched upon that a lot of movies you get the kill and then you move on yeah, like, and Frank obviously an yeah, and obviously, like Lords of Chaos, you get the aftermath in in massive detail, and you do with this, you know our character stays you know there in the moment for such a long time in this kind of super violent bloody scene, and it just got. It got to the point that there was, too, you know, it, it it did get like I was like, this is too much, and mm-hmm. like especially in the combination of the the final scenes. I'm not going to go into spoilers, but you you get this super violent moment that I thought was was finished, and then suddenly it, it went one step further, and and I suddenly thought, no, they're not going to go there, and then they they did, and I was just, you know, it, it um it it was shocking. Um, I think. Um, but even that aside, it was a super interesting story i really you know like i said i i felt uncomfortable throughout even without the violence just of the 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 fact that colin was around these people and and you know basically Voss was sabotaging his life you know she was um planting these seeds even in the opening scene when the girlfriend kind of said like there was something wrong with him that is planting the seed of what she is trying to achieve She is trying to make him seem off to commit this act ultimately mm-hmm. and it just like i i i felt sympathetic for this character colin who, who i how i didn't know we we don't we, we we see him in like one scene when Voss is studying him and that's it like i i you know he he is labelled as a drug dealer and a bit of a scumbag, really, in in the kind of briefing that she gets about him. But I instantly start to feel sorry for him because he is on like he is on autopilot. Someone else is in control of his body and just ruining his life to the point that then he's going to commit this heinous act and then kill himself. Ultimately, is is kind of the end game of, of what she's trying to achieve, and and we're, we're starting to see that unfold. And it's just kind of like. You know, uh, it, it it's difficult to watch, and I think it's a really cool idea. And it's um, the fact that you know we do get the opening scene, like you say, that's this very violent scene that is just take control of this person, use them. You know, it is very much almost like the Hitman video game, where she is just putting on this outfit, and even though she's become this person, we have no real relationship, and she just carries out the act and job done. Whereas when we get to Colin and that side of it, was when I really started to kind of feel that kind of you know her destruction of of this person that is in this you know he might have done things to make him not innocent but he is innocent in the acts that she is making him commit and and that was awkward I think the um yeah the, you know uh, I think the, the 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 main gripe of the movie for me and and like I wonder I like I really like this movie and I wonder how long it will sit with me Mm. um you know you touched upon midsummer and i think that is an interesting comparison when i saw that movie i knew that that was a crazy movie that is going to be a very marmite movie and 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 also some people's movie of a year slash decade slash whatever and i was instantly in the camp that it was one of my you know it's going to be one of my favorite movies that, that, that we see and um time has only made that movie bigger for me and i I wonder with possessor like it's not it's not to that level now but i wonder like six months time will this movie have just faded or will it have grown in stature for me and i really don't know which way it's going to go um because right now it does feel pretty high and i am excited like talking about it again
0: yeah, that's a really interesting point because I'm right there with you. And I think one thing that does go in this movie's favour is, of course, like, I mean, the movies that we're referencing are all movies that we very much enjoy. And I think mm. the, the the violence aspect is interesting because of what you said about how time and time again we do say things like, oh, the kills should have been more gory, they should have had more, et cetera, et cetera. And I think with a movie like this, it is so impactful, like Lords of Chaos, that I think given a few months' time when we've seen more stuff, that will then go to the more tame route and potentially the more generic route, a movie like this starts to stand out a bit more, mm. I think. And you'll be like, Oh, okay. Maybe, you know, you don't want every movie. Or maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But like, you, you no, probably I wouldn't want, yeah, like <laughs> I don't think most people would want every horror movie to go this hard, but when you get it, it works. And I think it worked for this film, um, mm. really well. I think one thing I wanted to touch upon that you talked about, um, how uncomfortable the movie is at times. And I think that to me was like definitely one of its biggest strengths um, Mm. and definitely kind of what it was going for. And I think one thing it does really interestingly is like um, this movie has loads of sex in it pretty Mm. much from the get go. And and you see almost every named character have sex in this film. And it's not for the purpose of, you know, titillation and kind of like, oh this character's having sex. It's a sex scene, but it's not a movie chucking in a sex scene. No, it's not Friday the 13th, but it's, Mm. it's very much like we want to strip down these layers of security. So, you know, to, to literally lay these characters bare. So, you know, everything about them. And so, and it's very intrusive as well as what I found about this movie, um, where it's just like, you are, you know, Voss has to lay everything on the line to literally become another human being Mm. to the point that she's starting to lose her own identity in the shuffle. Um, but then also this other character, this other person just gets completely wiped out in the process of that, um, and their world just becomes irrelevant to them and so like i think all of those levels go really well of like this is such an intrusive procedure and they and they do such a good job of showing how intrusive this is of like no you are becoming this person you're saying you're this person you get to have sex with their loved ones you get to be a part of the family and the friends and the workplace and i think that is where this gets really like seedy and uncomfortable and where the movie works super well for me um there's a scene like that's such a small scene that i wish they would have done more with where he like basically has to do his job um Mm. and i don't know what you thought about this scene but i was i was left confused as to first of all what his job was um he was doing what so he was just like looking at the curtains wasn't he it was like yeah like so yeah i don't want to get to obviously there's not really a spoiler but yeah like he does his day job and and again we're in this world like i say world building this isn't our world um Mm. apparently this is set according to wikipedia in an alternate 2008 which i didn't i didn't pick up on that was the year i don't know if you did um but i I know i don't i don't know
1: why you would either because it's it's full of future tech because obviously you've got you've got this future tech of this possessor brain implant thing but yeah his job is like this vr world that he goes into that it seems like and i yeah i really didn't understand it either it seems like he was going into people's houses yeah and it it felt like it was almost like a a a more a, 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 a more future tech version of google ads where he was almost like, you know, stealing parts of their life to then, you know, tailor things towards them and, and and give them this sort of thing. And specifically for him, it was Mm -hmm. to do with curtains.
0: Yeah. I didn't Um, know what their end goal was. That might've been the end goal, but it was very much data gathering. It was like, we're going, we're doing an intrusive thing again, which goes with the themes in the movie. We're going into people's webcams in the home, presumably without their permission. And mm -hmm. we're basically just cataloging what everyone's blinds and curtains look like. (laughs) (laughs) To, To what end? We don't know, but like, i just thought something so kind of irrelevant and pointless is just what curtains and blinds people have ends up just being this really intrusive thing of like they're just going into everyone's homes and making this kind of like catalog list and I don't know that, that very much goes in, like you say, with like the internet history and how like kind of Amazon just knows what to kind of present to people that they might want to buy and the kind of Google ads. Like it was a really cool, that is very much like a black mirror thing to me that I thought was just a great use of sci-fi of like, it's, it's mildly unsettling what they're doing, but it's not super fucked up, but it's like this, this is weird level. I don't know. I really fucked up. Yeah. Like I thought it was really cool and I wanted more of that. It was, it was awesome
1: yeah and it just shows the talent really that you've you've already got this super crazy high level sci-fi thing and they just throw that in that that's his mm. day job and like and, and and he's been given this really mundane task of the cataloging for this yeah. massive company because it's a, almost a punishment from his girlfriend's father yeah um, and and you know, yeah, that that's interesting as well i think um yeah i think the only thing that i found that or the main thing i found disappointing was was real life boss and her mm-hmm. relationship with her, uh, I guess boss or, um, you know, coworker or whatever, where, yeah. um, th- it, you know, it, it was unclear to me that, that obviously possessing people has some sort of deg- degradation to her mind and mm. kind of uh, is potentially going to cause her damage. And it seemed like, yeah, the longer she's in and the more she does it, the more that this will increase. But it, it was unclear to like what, this organization's end game was what her boss was doing with boss boss and boss is a very hard thing to keep <laughs> saying in a sentence um and kind of you know what what that was all about there was kind of talks of like oh well i'd, I'd, I'd you know this is the big job but i wasn't really sure why this one was the big job and kind mm. of why her boss was so pushing it and kind of that sort of thing and i kind of i wanted a bit more of that to understand that side of the world i think it was the it was the main part of the story that was lacking for me. And ultimately it is quite an important part of the story. And I think, yeah, I, it didn't really hit for me. And I think, you know, I would have just liked that to hit a bit more. And I wonder, you know, maybe on a second view, and now I know the end game and everything else, maybe that will feel a little bit more well-rounded, but certainly on first viewing, I was a little bit lost in, in that part.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, th- there's some things that did make sense to me, especially in the closing moments where we kind of have this, um, there's there 's a scene early on that kind of then gets repeated but plays out slightly different mm. um, involving these two characters and I kind of got what they were going for, but yeah, I agree with you that I wanted that to be a bit more fleshed out early on, so then the impact would have felt a bit better in the end and I do think mm. that that the that character the kind of boss of the organization, was the only character that to me didn 't completely just nail what they were going for um, because everyone mm. else I thought was amazing, like especially on an acting level I think you know you talked about Andrew Andrea you know as a lead I thought she was so good in this film um mm. but then in particular the kind of the guy our our main actor Christopher Abbott who kind of plays Colin but we mostly see Voss within Colin um just did an amazing job of portraying that on screen and I believed it fully mm. um I always felt like it was Voss controlling this man um and like you say I love when we see that in stuff, you know, like similar with like a life changer when it's someone controlling someone else's physical form, but it's the same character. Like I've always loved that. And so I, I thought this was such a cool take on it. That I hadn't really seen before. Um, and then also just a very small kind of cameo role for sean bean but he mm. like, he knocked it out of the park like i th- this is like exactly what sean bean does of like a great oh. character actor like just turn up pro- it was probably a one-day shoot just knocked it out of the park see you later and do you know what i mean like it was yeah.
1: it was the most sean bean performance <laughs> ever and i don't mean that in like a no, bad the way, best way it's just like it's just like that the guy like knows his shit at this point and he's yeah. just like he's just like yeah I- i'll come in i'll rock it for a day i'll give you this powerhouse performance and i'll uh, you know i'll just get uh, you know just just on to the next thing like he's in he's in a lot and i think mm. sometimes you you know someone like sean bean does then get taken for granted and does become a not not a joke but you know i mean less taken yeah, I mean. because they're in so many things um but, that's but not when you actually there
0: as well, like when I saw yeah. him in this and he wasn't kind of one of the main characters, I was like, OK, he's going to pop up for five minutes. OK, it's Sean Bean and that'll be it. But like, no, to me, he nailed what he was going for. And I really felt like very a strong, visceral reaction to his character that, that they wanted me to feel.
1: Why is it that, that in every movie that he's in, people want to just like fuck him up?
0: <laughs> he's I just think like... It's
1: like a thing. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, like, he's just
0: really good at playing a bastard. Like. Yeah, like, <laughs> I,
1: I, in, I can't think of a Sean Bean role where someone isn't trying to kill him or he gets killed. Like Yeah, 100%.
0: That you know, is his thing, isn't it?
1: <laughs> you know, basically in this movie, Voss's entire job as Colin is to infiltrate so she can kill Sean Bean yeah you know <laughs> like it's just <laughs> like why now he is but, one um, of those
0: people where it's like that is sean bean now isn't it of like yeah. there, there will never be a role where it's oh it's sean bean and he's a
1: happy man who who isn't remotely to do with any sort of murder <laughs> yeah exactly exactly there's always something untoward, you know yeah it's just ever since Goldeneye, man i think that's what it was <laughs> they're like after that turn now like, we can never yeah. trust him again you can Last never trust him 006, again after
0: that. how dare yeah, you yeah you
1: can never trust him after that no um yeah, I just I just looked where you were talking. Christopher Abbott was in The Sinner, as, in the first oh, okay, series I've of The Sinner. I don't know if you ever saw that, but like, right. I quite enjoyed that show, and he played, like, the the boyfriend. All right. And, um, yeah, He's as soon as I saw actor. it, yeah, he was really good in that as well. Because mm. um, I just remembered his face from something. I I knew it was some sort of TV show. Yeah. But, yeah he, he did a great job in this. So I think... Um, you know i i i saw this being touted by a lot of people as one of their favorite movies of the year and i you know i can definitely see that buzz now Mm. after after seeing it i think um like i say it's it's really weird watching a movie i i think we we've kind of done it a few years in a row now yeah where we we end up seeing quite a big hitter from the previous year that we just didn't get in the uk in time or just missed out on you know um we did it with train to busan didn't we yeah we did yeah and and then obviously lighthouse last year um and and you know that that was because we couldn't get it and and then this is this is reasonably similar as well and and um you know it's weird watching these movies with a complete blank slate because mm. you know i i do very much in my mind wipe everything and now we have seen one movie for the year and mm-hmm. it's kind of like i you know i wonder where this will stack up when we get later on in the year
0: yeah for sure but yeah i think for for now like i yeah i thoroughly enjoyed this movie kind Mm. of it's hard to put into because like i think we've obviously been extremely positive on this and clearly Mm. we both really enjoy this movie and like because i don't want to be overly critical but love it and i was trying to think like why do i not immediately love this movie Mm. and it's, it's difficult to put into words like one of the notes i'd put down was kind of it goes off the rails slightly too much towards the end but like I don't know. It it did work for what they were going for. Like, this is a very surrealist movie. It's not trying to overly explain everything. And so I think when you kind of have to just allow that because that's what they're going for, if that makes sense. Um, mm. so even though I prefer my stories to be a little bit more, but p- potentially tied up neater, I can't really kind of, disregard that because that's ultimately the point of what they were going for. If that
1: makes sense. Um, I think it's the, it's the stuff around it because I think that's where I'm at the exact same place where it's it. I I wanted a little bit, little bit more explanation as to the, the organization that Voss was working for and the risks and kind of the, you know, it's weird because we spoke, we gave him, we gave this thing, this idea it for not explaining itself yeah, and trying to say <laughs> yeah but I, I don't I don't think it needed to be like here's the science why it's real but just like because it was given us this thing that that it was causing Voss damage and there was a risk I didn't fully know what those risks were and kind mm-hmm. of you know as as Voss was in, in Colin's body what risks does she have of um herself causing problems you know she is in this machine in the facility kind of with this head mask on and her consciousness is in colin and kind of what are the risks to her what are the risks to colin what are the risks that he comes back or does he just have a fit and die do you know or Mm -hmm. or what what are those things i think it was kind of that stuff that was missing that 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 just took me out of it enough like i say that it just and and i think it was just that little bit of you know special source there to explain the the sci-fi a little bit more that that would have elevated it beyond and i also just think that um something like midsummer i think is a good comparison that that movie is violent but with mids i mean i guess you, you do have that opening scene that is very traumatic but it's not visceral violence in your face but this mm-hmm. movie within processor within five minutes you've got this one of the most violent scenes we'll see all year in the first five minutes of this film mm. and that, that takes a long while to get over yeah and i think like and especially like you know just knowing nothing about this movie it, it took me a while to to shake that off and 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 you know get get back into the film and i think you know it, there are there are probably three or four set pieces in this movie that are the 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 horror and the violence and every single one of them is just the most violent thing we'll probably see. You know, Mm -hmm. if, if we, if we get to the end of 2021 and we were to say our top, you know, the, the the 10 most violent scenes, four of them might be from this film. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and I think that is part of the reason why it still takes a while to unpack because, you know, when this movie ended, I, I remember saying to you, like when we walked out of Midsummer. Um, It was funny watching normal people leave the cinema Mm. and and feeling and and it really it looked like they'd come off a roller coaster. So many people were looking nauseous and everything else. And like I went through a journey, but but came out of it, you know, not like that. But but when this movie ended, I I felt nauseous and I felt Mm. like, you know, I'd been put through the ringer. And I think that's probably why uh, I'm not necessarily as hot on it, just because I feel a bit like just you know, run down by it because it was just so, so much.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could ever rewatch this film, like, mm. because it was so impactful the first time of obviously the intrigue and the mystery of what's going on with the story. But then like you say, the level of that violence and how impactful it was that it was, And then so unsettling that like now going in that I know that I don't know if I want to see that again. <laughs> um, even though I'd love to not, kind of like you say within a few months, see how the story would plan out a
1: second time. The, the thing that got me as well, and not, not to go into spoilers, but you'll know what I'm talking about. The, 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 final kind of scene of Mm. violence that the showdown we we get the 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 absolute final part of that and and i was i was numb because because there was so much violence before then that would normally really affect me and it didn't actually affect me as much because Mm. i was so numb by yeah. that point i think i was and with I, you
0: where i was kind of like i'm i can't even process what i'm seeing at this point yeah
1: you know it, it's kind of like if you if you've just been like kicked in the balls then you get punched in the face it's like <laughs> no I'm, I'm i'm still sore from the first one yeah like, you can take i can take the second one it that is hurt, what this like. movie is in a nutshell really for about an hour and forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know like i could see people feeling that way about midsummer and mm. like, lords of chaos and that sort of thing but like i recovered quicker but mm. yeah this movie i just didn't recover from like, I, no. was just, I was just you know bent over from from the ball kick <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> it really, did. I it. Like, I, yeah. I just need pause it. <laughs>
0: I don't think I can add any more to this discussion of this film now. That's the perfect way to end it. Um, I think so. But yeah, as far as recommendations go, I think it's painfully obvious that yeah, I highly recommend this movie. Even though I know not everyone will enjoy it, it's without a doubt a recommendation because this this is horror to me this is thought provoking it's ridiculously Mm. original um and it's ridiculously well made as well we hadn't even talked about how well directed this movie was which i thought it was incredibly well directed um but yeah like you say it might not be for you you know and i think you need to take that as a warning you know and i definitely wouldn't be recommending this to many people outside of the show um but for me as a horror movie goer and fan of the genre this is kind of everything you want going into like a new film that I knew nothing about. Of like, man, it's super original, super fucked up, really well made, and and it's I'm still processing it and still thinking about it. And I'm gonna this one's gonna stay with me for a while, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a it's a strong recommend from from me. I think you know definitely wear a cup uh, <laughs> before, before you put it on. um But but yeah, I think it's um like you I say. I, I, if you're listening to a podcast, a horror podcast, and you're you're a big horror fan, you need to check this out. I think it. You know and again like one thing that we've not touched upon because when you know we've said we're not you know giant fans like the you know david cronenberg is one of the big names in horror and and i really think that that this movie brings brandon out of the shadows and puts mm-hmm. him really you know really in there as as an auteur that someone that you know he 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 wrote and direct this yeah. and and um you know, it was it was masterfully directed and just this crazy idea, you know. I mean, we we've sat here and, and give give Jordan, you know, all the props in the world for, for the movies he did. And, you know, I think <clears throat> you know, this sort of thing is is potentially to that level as well. Like what he does next and if he can do something quickly, you know, it, it really you know, if he can go two for two, um, then that could be phenomenal. And I think kind of um you know just uh, yeah i think the main thing is just be prepared you know if you if you've got a loved one that you don't necessarily that aren't that will just watch the odd horror maybe don't throw this on with them you know <laughs> this is this is one that you need to be ready for
0: yeah for sure. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, as far as kind of him as a director, I completely agree. And I hope that it doesn't take this long to kind of make another one. I don't mm. know if he was doing other stuff in the meantime. And now it's kind of like, right, I'm now fully focused as a full time director. Um, you know, I don't know if he's doing other different avenues or whatnot. But like, yeah, after obviously uh, just looking at his filmography, it's clearly a big gap between the two films. And I yeah, really hope like that is going years, forward. Yeah, exactly. And I hope now it's like, you know, a more traditional two to three years kind of schedule because yeah I want to see more from this guy's mind for sure like just the sci-fi alone is like got me in and and love those kind of concepts but then when you combine that with like an insane horror movie as well like i'm all in for sure
1: um, i do and i don't i mean i don't know i couldn't watch another one next no week. i was gonna say I don't, <laughs> yeah i don't want one for the rest
0: of this year brandon but like if you could you know get one cooking in the meantime that'd be great yeah um, I, might, I
1: might have to watch the the theatrical version next time
0: <laughs> yeah it's 25 <laughs> minutes long um <laughs> that probably would be if you cut all the violence out. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was our discussion of Possessor Uncut. Uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back. So, yeah, as we mentioned, obviously, at the start of the show, um, this is our first show of the new year. And normally Mm. we have your patented uh, upcoming horror film list for the year. This would
1: have been like the third or fourth one. (laughs) And
0: that is not the case this year. Um, And I guess people can probably assume why, um, because, yeah, it's pretty obvious at this point. And uh, I'll get your take on it in just a moment. But for me, it was it felt pretty unnecessary really because yeah obviously with everything being delayed it was going to be a lot of the same stuff it was going to be a lot of the same conversations um i don't think people need to hear us talk about the millionth time how much we're looking forward to a quiet place part two um and also it's just very sad because like we're at the point now where we just want to see these movies we're done talking about them especially this select group of movies um Mm. you know i think the stuff that's like really far away Mm. like the scream and stuff is like that deserves its level of hype to still talk about but yeah Something like a quiet place is like we need to just see the movie at this point, um and so yeah, that's kind of where i'm coming from and do do you kind of agree with that sentiment,
1: yeah, yeah, I exactly agree, like I would have just i would have literally had to gone into last year's list and cut and paste it because eighty mm. percent of those movies are still there yeah um i I also just think that um you know we we joke about the list sometimes that you know when were these movies come out, and like the fact that there are so many from last year on that list is kind of. And we, we, we have no idea whether we'll get to see um, Saw and Halloween mm-hmm. Kills and, and Quiet Place and Candyman and all of these movies. We have no idea whether we're going to get to see them in 2021, yeah. let alone the things that we are hyped for. That, that is the harsh realisation. Like, we, you know, we don't know when cinema is going to return or if it's going to return. We are seeing companies take gamble on straight-to-streaming platforms. But the other thing that we're probably not massively spoken about as those gambles have all been us specific streaming platforms. Yeah. Like that means we have no guarantee in the UK when we get to see these movies. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just kind of, you know, the massive unknown. And I just want to enjoy the treats that when they come to me, you know, watching a movie like possessor this week is something that like, you know, it, it wasn't on a list. It wasn't something that we were super hyped for. It's just it's become available to us when we watched it and it blew us away. And I just kind of want that for a while. And and like you say, the hype will be there for the, for the big movies, but um, it's just, you know, we we don't want the, the pain of 2020. We want to just mm-hmm. in, enjoy the movies when they come out at this point
0: yeah i completely agree kind of moving forward especially for the future of the show those kind of the days of like the six month lead into these films right now is not a reality um Mm. because the release dates aren't set in stone so i think yeah it is very much taken you know the films one week at a time and even like i kind of look at it as like the month now where i'm only really looking at the rest of january right now i haven't even looked at what's coming in february because it's like what even is the planet still here in february you know so like i think for the rest of this month kind of we know that there's a few other movies on our backlog that we want to check out um and there is new films coming as well there is the movie that is going to save us from the shit show um which is psycho gorman of course um is <laughs> coming out later this month which i cannot wait for um and so yeah kind of just taking it one week at a time really and also you know i really i never wanted to change the format of the show because i loved just talking about new releases all the time um Mm. but obviously we had to kind of mix things up last year and we're definitely not kind of opposed to doing that again this year i think two things that could be massive for us is the first one being television um tv has been very consistent during the pandemic and Mm -hmm. i think 2021 could be massive i think we talked about midnight mass um stranger things should hopefully come out this year um there's creep show um there's potentially black mirror there's there's uh, the, the stand which is on right now is kind of the new stephen king adapta- adaptation which i'm waiting until more episodes are out but i really want to see that um obviously for us like the mcu stuff on disney plus is a big deal as well yeah. um so there's like there's a lot of tv coming 100 and that that is pretty much guaranteed because everyone's at home so there's no real reason for them to delay tv
1: no and it Um, seems like distribute you know films are being made things are being wrapped it's just mm. that they don't necessarily want to show it show them to us without getting any money yeah exactly that's how tv works
0: exactly so i think tv will fill the void so hopefully looking forward to more tv specials as we've done in the past but just more of them um Mm -hmm. and then also obviously our retrospectives we did the scream stuff which we absolutely loved and Mm -hmm. we've been talking for ages about how we want to do more wes craven content for years and you know there's no better time than when there's nothing else to talk about so i think Mm -hmm. if we get to a point where we are literally there are no new releases that we're interested in that's what we'll do we've done that before there's Mm -hmm. to my knowledge there's 19 horror movies that wes craven directed um we've only done retrospectives on four of them so that leaves another 15 weeks of content to talk about um Mm -hmm. I would love to kind of, I don't want to overly commit to it because yeah, 15 different shows is a lot, but I would love at some point to go through and be like, right, we'll start at Last House on the Left and we go through and we rank them and we've already got the screen movies and then we have a definitive Wes Craven ranking. That would be awesome to do.
1: It it could be fun. And I think as well, it's something that we can sprinkle in, you know, Mm. when we did, when we've done retrospectives in the past, it's, um something that we knew we had like a two or three week gap and then we did them. I think this, this, especially if it is, if we do land on the Wes Craven, you know, we're kind of spitballing a bit, but I think it's, if, if it was something along those lines, that, is a big list to commit to we're not going Mm. to do 15 weeks in a row it Mm. will be we'll sprinkle that in over a long period of time yeah so it is that if we get three weeks into january and there are no movies that interest us it might begin and we might do it for a week and then psycho gorman comes out yeah and and it will be nice just to have movies that we are passionate about on the back burner instead of just you know, potentially scraping the barrel and Mm. and just kind of watching anything. And so I think it's, you know, we we will always try to stay true to new horror, but ultimately you've got to be realistic about the times we're in as well
0: yeah for sure i think that's a real good point is like if this stuff come in that we're obviously going to cover but yeah if we have a run like i remember it happened going into episode 200 and that was why we kind of took the break off the new films where it's like mm-hmm. if we have a run of free movies that are on demand that we don't give a shit about that are all terrible we're probably going to want to watch something where's craven to kind of perk us up a little bit yeah <laughs> and i think that'll be the purpose of that of like it could be something that we cover over the next two to three years even you know it's not mm. going to be a short-term thing of just whack out all these movies like we want to enjoy his catalog over the coming years so yeah that would be a really cool thing to do um so yeah that's kind of the future of the show really like say same same as usual but like we're gonna have to obviously take into account what's going on right now because yeah we had hoped that it would just be like okay we're gonna get all the big releases and i think we are so um kind of under the order of what's happening in the states right now in terms of US or oh, sorry in terms of like the cinema releases um because obviously talking for us now our cinema is closed so it didn't even matter if like the films were coming out, we couldn't see them anyway, mm. but even if our cinemas open, it doesn't really matter because it, the release dates need to be kept in the States for us to then get them. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, so it's kind of, it's very dependent on our country and also the States about these films. So there's a lot to kind of get into. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the future for the show. I think just to quickly end us off really, um, cause I'm sure we've been watching a few things kind of over the Christmas holidays. Um, mm watching loads of different stuff but kind of like the the stuff that's kind of relevant for the show i'll start with the one that's less relevant um (laughs) which is kind of definitely having those major mandalorian withdrawal symptoms um which i'm sure a lot of people have right now um man what a time it was i just want to go back just want to go back to last year
1: (laughs) that was just a great (laughs) no one else in the world ever
0: i mean at this point at least we were we weren't in lockdown at least we weren't in lockdown uh, we had
1: mandalorian you're right (laughs) (laughs)
0: exactly um but yeah so i kind of was like well how do i fill this mandalorian void and yeah the only way any sane person could answer that question was to just end up watching all of star wars again um so that is what i'm in the process of doing i'm watching all live action star wars so that's 11 movies and both seasons of the mandalorian um but for the first time ever i'm watching it in chronological order um because i've always been like uh, to me, I'm always a release date person, regardless of if it's prequels or anything. I always watch movies in like the release order. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but like for the first time now, it's like, okay, there's a lot of different world building here. You know, there's five movies before the original trilogy at this point. So it's yes, going to be an right. interesting watch. Like I'm only in the prequels <laughs> right now and it's obviously rough. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing some good stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting journey over the next few weeks. Um,
1: Definitely. so that's what I've I have nine the... in order before
0: yeah nice um and then yeah the, the other thing that i have been watching that i just want to talk, talk about all the time which is which is relevant for the show is is my my number one comfort food really of like the one thing that will just always make me happy at any given moment is of course ash versus evil dead um i keep back on it just read just yeah just rewatching it again obviously i've watched season one a few months back and then stopped mm. and then yeah i've just i've watched i watched like the first eight episodes of season two over the last sort of week and a half and it's just a joy every single episode i am continually blown away by how absolutely incredible the show is um it's season two to the point now where the, i'm like it might be my bank,
1: or is it or is it the cadaver
0: no that's the start the, of three i believe yes the cadaver in two the cadaver and in then we get kind of like the
1: bank in three yeah
0: yeah, and we get kind of like Chet involved loads in season two and we get like yeah, the uh, possessed car, which is such an awesome sequence. Like I completely forgot about how all that stuff was. It's so awesome as well. so good. But like that, that stuff looks I, I rem- incredible.
1: I just remember that scene in the morgue with the cadaver thinking,
0: yeah.
1: how has this ever been made for TV? <laughs> yeah, it's, I know. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not even like, you know, we're just talking about a violent film. It's not the mm. violence. It's just the, the imagery. It's just yeah. too over the top oh that show yeah, when
0: they were making it they must have just been like what are we doing <laughs> like... yeah i
1: know that that's that's like one of those things where you just want to be there in the moment mm. and watch bruce campbell perform this yeah. in, you know in in the film world when you've got like these 20 people with cameras and everything else trying to do a proper serious job and then you've mm. got him like doing what he does yeah oh, man, what a time but yeah, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. Like how they're
0: able to go on this little mini adventure every week. Like I just finished the one where it's kind of like the, um, the main villain ball has kind of like created this fake reality. So Ash thinks right. he's like been crazy the whole time and, uh, okay, and yeah, yeah. like, you know, basically killed his friends. It's so in the woods. Crazy. And it's like, Oh, it's so cool. How they're able to just do these different things week on week. And obviously you get the ashy slashy puppet, which I
1: absolutely love. I, like I honestly think that, um, we've spoke about this show a lot and mm. i still think we underrate it yeah, <laughs> let, I know. Let, let alone most other people yeah um, I it really agree. it really is gold
0: yeah um
1: yeah i've i've been watching a couple of things i've been i've been deep diving into specific things so right. um i jumped into the the arrow release of tremors right uh watched it in its 4k glory yeah. uh which was just incredible mm. um i i yeah I, I can't even begin to say how good it looks um it's just so it's, one of the, yeah, it's one of the best things i've ever seen on my tv um and obviously because i'm I'm just now discovering that the joys of 4k fully mm. and um it looked phenomenal but even just the, the special features every one of the special features looked incredible as well <laughs> um and even when i put in the, the regular blu-ray disc it just that still looked good um mm but um yeah i jumped into all the 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 features of it and, and it really had a it was jam-packed full of great features the the arrow release like we've we've spoken um you know ups and downs of arrow and kind of their releases and i really think they got it right with tremors yeah i think um what what, what we get um is one of the big things is a retrospective documentary which is a, a, a I can't think how long it was now, but it was a pretty long documentary of pretty much everyone, including Kevin Bacon, a lot. Talking I think I saw about... this. I think it's on yeah. YouTube. Okay, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, um, has it got a talking... name? Do you know?
0: Uh, is it called like hmm. Remembering? Um, it's something like, or something like that.
1: Uh, something like that. Oh, something like that. Oh, seeking perfection perfection no making making perfection yeah brand new documentary there it is yeah make yeah make yeah yeah i saw
0: that yeah it's really good yeah it's really I believe, good i believe um, they did put that up like on youtube if people want to check it out
1: yeah and then and then you've just had um with that then there are a ton of um extended interviews from that that would cut on the arrow release which is really nice um there was the original documentary from mm-hmm. the nineties and that just looked restored as hell as well. It looked really good. Cause I thought some of these features were going to be ropey. And then there was like the original, um, making a graboid feature on here as well. And just like watching how they made a graboid and watching like, there was so, like there was so much behind the scenes stuff and just watching them kind of making these creatures and messing around and trying to figure them out it was really good it reminded me a lot of like the ghostbusters one when they're messing around with stay puffed and trying to get that to work and like this was the same and it, it was just it was really good um and then and then there was a it, um a 20 year screening of tremors that all the cast and crew went to and the extended right. q a was on this set And so that was just nice as well, seeing him in that sort of kind of, you know, it reminded me of Fright Fest, which was nice. And just kind of that festival thing. But also this kind of, you know, I really like that these movies that are 15, 20 years plus old, let alone the classics. It's nice having the people sit and look back and talk about them retrospectively. Mm -hmm. Hearing the director 20 years on talk about it, it was his first gig and everything else. And kind of Kevin Bacon, where he was at in his career and kind of why he took this job and you know what he thought of the movie at the time and what he now thinks of it it, it was just really good it was a really good presentation it's one of the best ones arrow have done um let alone the fact that you've got that 4k goodness yeah um so yeah i really enjoyed that um and then um i also took a deep dive um into uh at this point i feel like it's one of my favorite movies that we've covered for the podcast um <laughs> uh, which is anna and the apocalypse yeah um i <clears throat> Honestly, the more I think about that movie, the more I love it. Um, and, and it's just a me movie. Like, it's one of those things where I don't even know why I love it as much as I do, but I just do. It's just fantastic. And, and, and honestly, it's one of my favorite movies that we've done at this point. Like, yeah. it's just, um, it just got something in me. Um, and um, the second sight uh, to this collection is phenomenal. I can't believe the amount of content they have for this film. I feel like they just made this for me. Um, There is a feature length documentary about the making of um, that clocks in at an hour and 20. (laughs) Is that longer than the film? uh, No, because the film, well, I think the film is about an hour and 30 and then there's the extended cut that's on here. That's an hour and 45. Right. So you've got two versions of the film. You have the audio commentary with the writer and director, which is amazing um i haven't i haven't done the audio commentary yet um but then there's just some honestly they just look like they had the best time of their lives filming this it was just really good um to to see kind of you know what they did and especially cuz you know a film that is this zombie musical that's meant to be um you know, a comedy and, and fun and light-humoured. It could have been a very serious shoot that brought that out, and it really wasn't. And, like, I, I loved the director so much. He came across so well. Um, John McPhail, I think his name is. Um, just this super Scottish dude that, like, is just hilarious and just, you know, how he, how he got it all together. Because it just sounded like he, you know, everyone was just messing around but somehow he wrangled him into work mode as well (laughs) um what what i didn't really realize is that this has the original short film zombie musical as well which was um written and directed by ryan McHenry, who was uh, basically they made the short as a student film and then they instantly got um greenlit to make turn it into a feature right and he was in the process he found his writing partner who was um chap named Alan mcdonald and they were in the process of writing the screenplay when ryan fell ill and he passed away right and and basically all of his friends and 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 um obviously writing partner alan and uh, the producers and everything put you know made it their passion to make this film happen in his memory which I just had no idea about. And like, yeah. it, it just, it just really made the film that much more special to me. Mm. Um, and I think kind of, yeah. And it was crazy because the, the director came on super late into the project.
0: All um, right. Anna, is, is his background mostly just the musicals then, John? Do you know? No,
1: no, not at all. He'd never all seen right. a musical, huh. uh, which is hilarious because that's what they were talking about, how they were looking for a director that could do both. And in the end they went for a director that just did neither but had a passion for horror. um, mm. He he actually said in the, the which I thought was funny for you. His favourite two musicals were South Park Fractured uh, Fr- uh, the movie mm. uh, and Book of Mormon. All right, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, and I just thought I thought it was it was just it was really fascinating to have that much in depth coverage of this movie. And I think, um, like I say, the fact that I'm passionate about it anyway was fun. But, but to have something that that like I say, this movie took ten years to get made. Mm from the short to when it came out and like, just to see, especially for like an indie movie, because normally, you know, when you look at these indie movies, it's written and directed, you know, it would have, it, this would have been a written and directed by Ryan McHenry movie. And, but this was a, you know, passion project that was carried on by his, you know, colleagues around him. And the fact that you always associate a director as being the figurehead for like spear and getting this movie made. And this just wasn't the case at all. Um, you know, the director did a fantastic job and put it all together. Um, but he, you know, he he came on late and it was it was a lot of other people that had spent, you know, six or seven years before he was involved getting this movie made, um, which is just something that you don't see with these indie movies often. And so, yeah, I just I mean, I just had a great time, as you can tell
0: yeah this um, this movie to me is really fascinating because i think when we saw it for the show it was just like oh here's another indie movie that sounds cool and i think when we watched it it was like it felt bigger than that it felt not something that could just be made within three months on a shoestring shoe yeah. budget like it felt bigger in in such a way and i think hearing a bit about this story now really starts to give context of that of like no there probably was more time more money spent on this than than you could have possibly ever hoped for and they kind of knew from the get-go that this was never going to make money for anyone involved but it was nice. purely just for the passion of wanting to make it and i think that is so, should be championed absolutely like and i sure. think it's
1: one of those where like i could easily see anna and the apocalypse the musical mm. london in london mm. in a in a in a normal world because i think these guys are that passionate about this ip that they will keep it going yeah and and yeah you know it for me it's just super exciting and so yeah it was it was really great to have um such a feature heavy blu-ray of 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 a movie that that i'm so passionate about so yeah Mm. i've just been deep diving into this movie nice and i may i may have a little deep dive for next week as well that i've uh i'm gonna be beginning
0: yeah it's good but it looks like we've been both diving into the old blu-ray collection over the last few weeks which is always fun Mm. um but yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have more to talk about soon. But yeah, going forward, like I say, we'll there's still some um on the back burner that we're kind of interested in, so we'll see. Um and then yeah, I think we're I think we pretty much have to fill 2 weeks until the big boy comes out, so uh <laughs> fingers crossed. I, I just can't wait. I'm so excited for that movie. Um I hope you are I'm, as well.
1: <laughs> I, I'm excited for the journey, man. Uh, that's what I'm excited for oh it's gonna be good it's gonna be good part Um, of me doesn't even want to watch the film because (laughs) because i I really want to just hear your hot take on it more than anything because i because either way it's going to be fun for me like if you have a great time then then great but if you get broken i will still i'll still have fun
0: oh no i can't be disappointed by this (laughs) i'd be so sad <laughs> i need this right now just let me have this <laughs> please world um i don't ask for much but i just want Psycho what I mean, it, it's, it's
1: what's known as a win-win-win situation
0: <laughs> for me <laughs> i don't think you understand like the repercussions <laughs> if this movie isn't great <laughs> <laughs> because there's no more podcast.
1: <laughs> I think I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it'll be fun either way. I like it.
1: I like a high-stakes gamble.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was episode 229 where we discussed Possessor. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later,
1: everyone. Shut up, can Because I never could How could I start now? Honey, I'm down Now that I need ya Look at me now